Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online in our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, may you come to us, not only in the reading and hearing of your holy word, but through the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Some years ago, I preached a sermon, the topic of which I can't quite recall, but it had something to do with challenging the congregation to some discomforting action. However, the reaction to that sermon after worship, I do recall quite clearly. A friend came up, smiling, whispering, now you're messing with us. Today, a text from Mark's Gospel confronts us with an expectation from Jesus that we pick up our cross and follow him. And with those words, things begin to change, changing a way that leaves us different from whom we have been, about where we are going, about what we will do and say and think and feel. God is altering our destinies. God is going to mess with our lives. Peter was uncomfortable with this and objected when Jesus said he would die on a cross. Was Peter objecting that Jesus was going to die such a humiliating death or that Jesus should at least consider defending himself, maybe arming his disciples with weapons or maybe hiring a security squad? Or was Peter thinking more like we may be thinking that to pick up his own cross might lead Peter to his own suffering and death even. No one knows for sure why Peter reacted as he did, but one thing is certainly clear. Following Jesus is going to mess with Peter's plans, with our plans, priorities, schedules, It's not an easy ask that Jesus is demanding of Peter and you and me. When I was young, the first person whose life demonstrated to me what this was about was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, taking up the cross is the voluntary and deliberate choice of putting ourselves without reservation at the service of Christ and his kingdom, it is putting our whole being in the struggle against evil 
whatever the cost. Jesus is leading us into challenging waters, maybe rough waters, perhaps even dangerous waters. And the first question may be, how do you feel about that? All along, Peter had been right there at Jesus' side, maybe the only disciple who had really been paying attention, more or less. He was the first one to declare Jesus was Messiah, and Jesus said, You are my rock, and on you I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Wow. That must have sounded grand to Peter to be the foundational rock for Messiah's church, we could excuse him for feeling special because he was. Imagine him dreaming about his future, his status, his place among God's people. And were the other disciples impressed trying to emulate Peter and his faith? Did they want to be like Peter and receive the Messiah's Praises, too. But then Jesus says, I will suffer and be rejected and be killed and be raised on the third day. Now, if you want to be my disciples, pick up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you must lose it. And if you lose your life for my sake and for the gospel, you will save it. And Peter erupts in protest. The promises of this world, the power, the status, and authority that may have seemed within his grasp suddenly vanishes. And a cross stands before him. His plans have changed. On the other hand, there's Abram. God comes calling one day and promises old Abram and Sarai they will soon have a child. (laughs) No way. Impossible, says Abram. Ah, no way. Impossible, says Sarai. But God insists. From you will come many nations, and you will be known as Abraham and Sarah, for your lives have been reordered. God's promise and grace have made the impossible possible. And Abraham says, may it be so. And it was said that he grew strong in his faith and gave glory to God, and children were born to them, and nations were created. With God's people, God alters destinies. How do you feel about it? About Jesus demanding that in order to follow him, you must pick up your cross, lose your life for Jesus' sake to save it. How do you feel about God messing with your life? I've heard a rumor, a rumor that Human beings don't like change. (laughs) 
that with change, not only are plans interrupted and comforts challenged, but that our brains resist rewiring. Oh, God. I've spent my whole life wiring this brain, and I like it the way it is. And now you want to renovate it. It hurts just to think about it. And psychologists say, yes, brains do actually hurt when change confronts us. Is that true here, too, in Brooklyn Heights? Does it hurt to think about change? About our well-laid plans being altered? Our hard-earned reputation being hung on a cross? Peter and his friends didn't catch on to it right away. And I guess that gives us a moment of grace, too. An opportunity to grow into the idea of picking up a cross. But when Jesus died... And even more, when he was resurrected by the power of God, they did change. Their plans were altered. Their concerns about human things were transformed as they began to pick up their crosses and start a heavenly revolution. So what does Jesus mean by picking up our crosses? Doggone it. Provide a checklist. Being human himself, he must understand that we are all unique. We are diverse people, so I hear. We have our own viewpoints and experiences. We see the world in our own eyes, hear the voices of many different people, and feel the tug of suffering and despair around us in our own individual ways. Jesus isn't going to make it easy. What does he want from you and me? I can't give a list of cross opportunities and tell you what your cross should be. But there is something we can do together. We can remember what Jesus did and said as he picked up his cross, his calling to ministry, and see how it may inform us to do the same. To start with, Jesus does not lead us toward a posture of pleasing the world's powers and expectations, but rather leads us toward divine things, all of them rooted in love. In other words, gaining status in the systems we are a part of, seeking to protect and extend our place in the world is not his concern. He challenges us to hope instead for what is not, to hope for what has seemed impossible, to help us bear something out of our barrenness, to bring life out of death. Jesus did this by reaching out beyond his inner circle, beyond his ordinary responsibilities, beyond, well, Maybe we could put it this way. Beyond our thinking about Aunt Judy and her difficult personality being the cross we need to bear, she may in fact be hard to bear. 
But she is not our cross. She is our responsibility. Remember again what King said. Taking up the cross is the voluntary or deliberate choice of putting ourselves without reservation at the service of Christ and his kingdom. It's putting our whole being in the struggle against evil, whatever the cost. Jesus went out of his way to pick up his cross. So what exactly did he do? What divine things did he seek out that might also lead us to our own crosses that bring life and hope into this world? First, Jesus touched the untouchable. He touched a leper whom no one else would touch. He touched a dead woman and resuscitated her. He was touched by a woman who was bleeding and restored her to her community. He touched a blind man who everyone said he should ignore. He was touched by a woman who bathed him in perfume. And he told the story of someone walking down the road and finding an adversary lying injured in the ditch, but picked them up, delivered them to safety, and saw to their recovery. Are you called to reach out to serve the untouchable? to befriend them in, even when others say, leave them alone, walk on by, that's not your concern. Will you dare to be different and pick up that cross? Second, Jesus healed the wounded, including those who were demon-possessed, who were bound by chains that they could break in their fury, yet restored their sanity and rebuilt their place in their communities. He healed the centurion's servant, the servant of a man who represented the empire for heaven's sake. On a Sabbath, he healed the man who had a withered hand, but the Pharisees were angered and plotted to kill Jesus in return. Are you called to pick up this cross, a cross of healing? Those whom others detest, healing them, and even healing those you yourself detest? to restore them in body, mind, and spirit, and reinstate them in their community and your community? Third, Jesus fed the hungry. He multiplied bread and fish, feeding thousands who were starving. He offered to feed the disciples, too, when he appeared to them by a fire on the beach after his resurrection, saying, Feed my sheep. He fed hungry souls by teaching them to love in the way he was loving them, even if it brought shame on their reputations. Are you called to pick up this cross and share the abundance of this world with the have-nots, an abundance that is guarded and gripped so tightly by those who have? Are you called to feed his sheep? Fourth, Jesus challenged the powers that be He didn't destroy them. He didn't ignore them. He engaged them, challenged them, debated them, identified their sightlessness, and taught them God's ways, and even more, showed them God's ways, persistently seeking their transformation. In the end, many of them led him to the cross, and yet there were some who heard, 
some who learned and followed. It was brave Nicodemus who took Jesus' body to the cemetery to bury it. And that may not seem like much. But here you are. The result of Nicodemus and his descendants who were transformed and who took up their crosses to give you and me the hope that seemed so impossible at Calvary. Can you challenge the powers that be while also showing them divine things? Fifth, Jesus lifted up the lowly. He noticed them. He was drawn to them. He brought hope into their despair and befriended the ones who were alone. He preached, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of me. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. Is this your cross to bear? To lift up the lowly, even when others say they don't matter. Pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. With those words, things are going to change and change in ways that leave us different from whom we have been, different in where we are going and what we are going to do and say and be and feel and think. God is altering our destinies. God is going to mess with our lives. Jesus wants you to pick up a cross and follow him. Which will you choose? And how will you change? Let us pray. Jesus, Messiah, you call us to yourself to join you in divine things that rub against our human tendencies. We see you as you serve and suffer and die. And we see the impossible when you are raised Give us hope and courage to follow you, to so deeply love this world you have created that we risk ourselves to love those around us, to love all those around us, to show them as best we can your ways that transform and alter destinies and reorient communities toward your heavenly kingdom that is coming. Open us to your spirit as it claims us and guides us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org 
for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.